Hey guys, we're Workplay Branding, a visual marketing company invested in changing the way you create content online for your business for less than $500 a month. We have been using the Workplay method to launch visual marketing strategies for businesses all over North America and Europe. If you are wanting to uplevel your marketing, we are giving listeners of the Workplay podcast an exclusive video bonus offer on their first workplace shoot for free when you DM us the word podcast. This offer is valued at $1,500. And again, we are giving this away for free. To claim this offer, go to at Workplay Branding on Instagram and DM us podcast to claim this exclusive free video bonus offer valued at $1,500. That is at Workplay Branding on Instagram. DM us the word podcast. Don't miss out. Welcome to the Workplay Podcast, where we deep dive into how to create a visual marketing strategy that actually moves the needle. Take a peek inside the minds of hundreds of Workplay members who have created successful visual campaigns that have generated millions in revenue. For those mid-year shoots where maybe you're wanting to really gear up the launch, but you don't have the physical book yet. So we're thinking like summer shoots, what could you be doing? Think about the vibe of the book. So an example would be like, if you were writing something based on, we'll say working four days a week instead of hustling, right? Maybe you do a photo shoot that has a lot of leisure vibe because with your kids by a pool or something is the essence of what the book would deliver. Even though that doesn't literally have the book, have a shoot that conveys that essence because those are the images you need for your funnels. So it's thinking creatively and thinking about what is the transformation I'm trying to give my reader? How can I show myself already having had that transformation? in a fun and engaging way. Camille and Elizabeth, welcome to the Workplay Podcast. Thanks for having us. We're yeah, thanks for having us. You guys are amazing at all things book launching. So we're really going to dive deep into how to create a visual marketing strategy while you're launching a book. And this is gonna be great for anyone who's thinking about launching a book, who's currently you know, in a book launch, all the things. I want to know a little bit about you guys, your business, how you guys came together. So Camille, if you could go first and just explain how this all started, who you are in the company and what you guys do. Of course, I'd be happy to. So I am going to give you kind of a quick rundown of how I got to where I am. I studied business and I studied marketing specifically at the University of Miami. I know you're in Miami most of the time, Larrick. So love that city. I, I did get my bachelor's in business and marketing. And so I always had a marketing background. That's what I was in for many, many years. And then when I joined the online space, I was kind of just trying to figure out what it is that I wanted to do. I eventually got into book coaching. I got my master's in creative writing. I've always had a passion for books. And so I eventually started helping authors write books, but because I had a history in marketing and a background in marketing, and I knew how to help them build their platforms, which is actually something that they struggle with. Oftentimes I started really evolving into helping authors launch their books, helping them build their brands, helping them build their author platform so that they can successfully sell their books to an audience. And so that's what led me to create Way. Before Way was founded in 2023, that was early last year, I was um, running Camp Adams coaching. I was really just doing book coaching for the most part and some freelance writing. 
Elizabeth and I met right before COVID. I was pregnant with my, my third child and we hit it off. And she's just such an incredible, brilliant, creative mind. And we've just been such good friends for so long that when things started really taking off with Way, I knew that she needed to be a part of it. And so she's the chief creative officer for Way. She really is in charge of like all of the visuals and what you actually see and helping our authors create the right brand for their particular business and their book. And so I'll have her kind of give you her background, but she's just fantastic. Yeah. Well, I think that we are a good team because we have a lot of overlap, but then we also have kind of our unique areas. As Camille said, I tend to do a little bit more of the visual side of things. I do have a background in fine art and I studied photography actually. So I definitely have some hot sports opinions about people's brand images. <laughs> and I just think the average person does not realize how big a difference the images make. Like you can have a great sort of template and it looks so good when you buy it because they have killer images in and then you download it and you're like, what happened? I mean, the images are a huge part. My first job was actually in a publishing department at a fine art museum. So I published books, like kind of coffee table books. So this is an interesting evolution that I started there and now I'm here and these are very different kinds of books, but I love that I'm still marrying the creative and the books and all of the things together. I love when anyone comes from a different, almost category, at least similar categories, but different, and then brings that element into a different and new industries. There's so many dynamics that make this a really great service and partnership that you guys have. I'm interested to know how you guys work with each other. What is it like being a client of yours when there's both of you? I'll say that because our first two clients for Way Media and Marketing, Elizabeth had a kind of a smaller role than as they evolved. And so when Way started, we usually start with authors in a very um, kind of preliminary preliminary structure and phase where we get the basics in line. And I was working with someone else when I first started Way. She was going to be a partner of mine, but it didn't really work out. She decided that she wanted to do something a little bit different. This wasn't really her passion. And so she was helping do the branding for the client. And then I was helping create their book launch strategy. And so we almost have this big project. We build funnels for them. We kind of like divide and conquer. And when Elizabeth came in, she helped our most recent client, Randy, with his brand. It had already been started by Shauna, but she stepped in. She really took the brand to the next level. And then now we're working on a big, big, big package with him. We have a team of three to four people and we kind of just divide because they're very big projects. So I tend to be customer facing, client facing, and really almost managing the the project from, you know, the, the, the big view, the big picture. And then we have different people that are more in the weeds doing specific execution. Yeah. I think it depends a lot on which package a person signs up for. Certain packages are heavier on, like obviously book coaching is a very different package from book launching. So depending on what the client really needs us to focus on will dictate who on the team is their primary point person. When we're doing a brand new brand for someone, I tend to take the lead on getting that up and running and managing the overall vision, but also a lot of 
the smaller details around the messaging of each little post and keeping everything tight. But it just really depends a lot on who you work with, depends a lot on kind of what you need. You mentioned coaching versus launching. Like why would someone need coaching versus why would someone need like a full blown, it sounds like done for you book launch. So if somebody comes into our world and they want help writing their book, it's a package that I've always done on my own, but because Elizabeth is so great with grammar and editing, what I've done more recently is bring her in as a second editor. So I work with the, I work with the author to help them plan out their book, figure out the structure and actually get the writing done. And then she comes in and helps edit it and give feedback. Now, in terms of launching, what we do a lot with authors right now is we help create their book launch strategy. So we meet with them in a VIP day experience. We help really understand what are their goals and objectives for the book and for the actual sales of the book. And then we put together a customized book launch plan that they can follow with all of the step-by-step pieces and tasks so they know exactly what to do and when to do it. Specifically, this would be great, like, You need to take photos for this launch. You need to start thinking about the social media posts for this and creating the content. Like all of those step-by-step pieces are outlined. Um, Building of the funnels is really important. You need photography for the funnels, for the opt-in pages, for the wait list. Like we have this beautiful wait list funnel that we create for authors so that they can start basically teasing the book way in advance. Well, you need beautiful photography for that. Our one client, Marsha, who launched Grief and Grits, the book is actually coming out in February. Really, it was her photography that made the website so stunning. If she hadn't had those photos, it would never have been the same. And what we're coming up against with Randy is that he actually needs better photography because his website is just not at the same level that we got Marsha's to because the photography just isn't there. So one of the big things we want to do with him is encourage him to take more photos. Now that's all part of the strategy, right? We have to be able to give an author exactly the steps of everything that they need to think about to have a successful plan. And then there are other things that we'll do for them. But once they have that strategy, we can do a couple of things. We can coach them through it, right? Give them just boxer support and coaching, or we can do portions of the execution for them, or we can just do the full execution of the launch for them. For someone who wants the full, what type of person is that? Is that someone that's uber successful, has a big audience? Because it just feels like, okay, to launch a book, we've got to be at this level of business and blah, blah, blah. Like when is a good time to launch a book? Well, it's really interesting because you can actually launch a book and use that as a catapult to start a business. That's actually what what we're doing for Randy right now. So we're building out his platform. We're creating his YouTube channel and his podcast. That's a lot of what Elizabeth is handling right now. There's a whole lot of editing that she's doing, helping him and coaching him through creating the content for social media, the reels, all of that. And so he's really starting from the ground level and he's in the middle of finishing the book. That book is going to be what propels his business forward. So you could literally have zero business. You can write a book all of a sudden book gives you the authority, right? Now you have some credibility and you can start a business that way. Or you can do it the other way around. You can start a business without a book, decide that you've reached a certain level of success, want to leverage that or scale and use a book to do it. So you can be on very opposite ends of the spectrum. So it's really identifying, do you have the the resources to take it off your plate so that you can invest your time elsewhere? 
Or do you want to try to do it yourself? Which a lot of people do. Once they know what it is they have to do, they can do it or they can hire a VA, which is another, um, another very feasible thing, right? You can hire a $15, $20 VA to help with some of this execution. If you have an established company, you probably already have people on the team that can take the strategy that we give them and execute it. And just to clarify a little, this isn't our client who's starting a business. He's really pivoting. Like he had multiple successful businesses, which is how he has the capital to invest because you would have to have some considerable capital to start with the book. I think it's more common that you would have a business and you're wanting to reach that next level of authority in your space. And, or you're trying to launch like new low ticket offer funnels or things like that. And you want a new offering in your offering suite. Cause I've seen free books and I've also seen paid books. How does it work in a funnel where maybe there's a higher ticket thing lurking over here in your product suite? There's a million variations of funnels. What's, the, what's like the best one? What's your favorite one? Let's say. I'm actually not huge on the free book one. I think free can feel like as the average consumer is getting more dubious. So I don't love that one. I think a lot of times it works as nurture. Mm -hmm. If someone reads your entire book, that's a lot of warming, just the way a podcast would be or any other way where they see, they really get to know your story. They get to know your vibe. If someone reads your book and then comes into your world, even if they buy low ticket first, it's like getting them on that ascension ladder. It's also a really good downsell of if you're not ready to work with me at X level, why don't you buy my book, get to know me and my process a little more. Mm -hmm. Again, you're kind of keeping that nurture alive and then maybe they'll be ready. They'll have the means to work with you in two months or six months or a year or so I think it's a powerful nurture and authority building tool. If someone finishes your book and loved it, they are so much more primed to work with you at any level. Either that's buying your $99 course or that's buying your $500 thing or that's buying your group coaching. Anyway, they just know more about you and they're more like primed for coming into your world. Just to add to that, people are a lot more likely to buy from you if they've already interacted with you. And so that's the power of a book. If somebody can sit through a book, they're going to be a lot more likely to want that next thing that you have to offer. And I'll give you a really great example of something that worked on us. Funny enough, it worked on us. We invested in clients and communities prominence program, which is all about building your Facebook group. We started by purchasing their book. I think they had an ebook. It wasn't even a physical book. It was just an ebook. And I want to say, Elizabeth, it was like $1.99. It was really inexpensive. Um, I don't believe it was free, but I think it was just like, there was just like a small amount that had to be invested. And then it took you through this funnel that had a lot of other videos and trainings that enhanced what was already in the book. And then at the end, we ended up spending almost 10 grand on a program for them. So if you're going to do high ticket coaching, that is a beautiful way to do it and to do it successfully. Now, I know Elizabeth isn't a huge fan of the buy the, the free book one, but really the offset there is that people are paying shipping and handling. I don't mind that funnel because if you're paying $7.99 for shipping and handling, there's still an exchange financially there. And what happens is it's just the fulfillment of this gets a little bit tricky. But what happens there is it's a slow liquidating offer, right? So if somebody gives you that $7.95, it's really just covering your expense for the book just to 
you know, get them familiarized with your process. And this is all really, really great for a standard nonfiction business book. It It's not necessarily a tactic or strategy that I would use for a memoir, which is what Marsha wrote in Grief and Grit. So there's different strategies based on the type of book as well. This is so fascinating to me. You mentioned ebook. What's the perk of doing ebook versus physical? Are there pros and cons? Yeah, we can help with either. Now, I would say like an actual ebook that's not published on Amazon or elsewhere, it's not really worth having a launch because it's really more of a lead magnet. So a simple ebook would be a lead ma- uh, more of a lead magnet. If you're going to want to work with us and invest, you know, several thousands of dollars to work with us at minimum, you're going to want to have a published book on at Amazon at the minimum, which is print on demand. When you upload a book to Amazon, you can sell it as a paperback, or you can sell it as an, a, a PDF or not a PDF, but an actual ebook, right? So it's what we call ebook. And then you can also do an audible. So you can record. It's actually not that challenging. It's not that hard to record the audio and upload it as an audible book. And now you have three possible streams of income because that's what, it, I don't know about you, but like I've purchased books for my Kindle on physical. And then I've also purchased the audio and it's been proven that people who read and listen to a book at the same time are retaining that information like tenfold. I don't know the exact number, so don't quote me on it. But if you really want to learn something, listen and read at the same time, and you're going to retain it much more. So what's great about that strategy is now you have three different ways to monetize one book with one reader. They can potentially buy your book three different times. What does the margin look like? I just, I would foresee we have to print a certain amount of books and then we have to sell those books or books just laying around everywhere. What does that process look like, especially for people who are used to online business now having something that's a physical product that they're selling? The way around that is to do Kindle, like um, Amazon print on demand. So if you're going to self-publish or you're going to work with a hybrid publisher or someone who's just going to upload to Amazon, you don't have to order any minimum quantity of books. You don't have to have them sitting around. The only reason you would want to buy author copies is you get them at a discount and then you can do things like a funnel that has like a free book plus shipping that you fulfill. Or you could take those books to speaking engagements. You can take them and sell them yourself and then you make that margin back. The other piece to this is working with a hybrid publisher who works with a traditional distributor. For example, Marsha, Grief and Grits is coming out through Forefront Books. They are a partner of ours or someone that we often do refer clients to. They get distribution through Simon & Schuster and they print beautiful hard covers. So they're not paperback, they're not print on demand. So you do have to do a minimum print run and then those books will sit in a warehouse. Simon & Schuster will store them for you for pennies. Like it doesn't cost a lot to store them. But the downside to that is you can't just easily do another print run. You have to do like a minimum print run to get a decent amount of discounted on each book. And those books do sell for a lot more money because they're hardcover. So Marsha's book is selling for like $25. Whereas if you do an Amazon paperback book, it you might be able to list it for $16, $17, maybe even less in some cases. So the margins are going to vary based on the path of publishing, which publishing is something that we consult on and we connect you with publishers that we know. The main mantra to keep in mind with all of these decisions is what are my goals? Mm -hmm. Because 
different goals have different paths to a successful and like happy completion. I've done coffee table books for fine, like major art museums. And we printed in China. We had a 5,000 print run minimum. We had someone on press doing color correction of every single image. But I mean, those books were beautiful. Amazon color printing is fairly horrendous. I don't recommend. So it like it bleeds through on the pages and you know so it's just a different if you just have black text on a white background and you don't feel like you want like the dust jacket and like some of these things that are more complicated and a little higher end then print on demand is a great option because there's zero upfront cost you can upload a print on demand book to amazon for free and then you can you can sell that for 10 bucks and still make money on it. It depends on which marketplaces too, like different English speaking marketplaces pay different amounts. There's Australia, there's Canada, there's the UK and there's the US. The US is the most competitive marketplace. You can even have a book that trends really well in Australia, but doesn't trend in the US because Australia is just like a lot less competitive. There's a lot of nuance to it, but the real answer is, What are you trying to do with the book and what do you value? If you are a fine art photographer, you cannot do print on demand. If you really need that high image quality, you're going to have to do a print run and you're going to have to use a better printer. So you got to be ready for that upfront investment and storage cost. But if you're doing a business book that's more about a philosophy or a training or a coaching or whatever, that kind of thing, a memoir, then print on demand is probably a great option for you. The good thing too that to keep in mind is when people think, why in the world would I mess with fulfillment? If you sell the book yourself, you're also you're getting that customer data. So you're building your email list for remarketing. If people buy your book through Amazon, you can have strategies like on the back page, you say, you know, go to xyz.com to download a free companion guide or whatever and try to pick up emails that way. But only a certain percentage of people are going to do that. You could argue that if they don't do that, they probably wouldn't buy from you again. But you never know, right? Like if you had more nurture, you had them on an email list. But again, it goes to that, like, do you have an offer that you're trying to upsell them? Well, then you need their email list somehow. If you don't, if it's a memoir and you're not really building a business off of it, probably Amazon KDP is like, no must, no fuss. Just let them handle it. So it's just really about clarity of goals. The way around also collecting emails, because that is always going to be the goal for your clients, right? Like if they have a business, they're going to want to collect emails. People can still collect emails in a different roundabout way on Amazon by including it inside of the book, having worksheets, downloads, right? Resources that you continue to send people back to, to download. So that would be how we would try to capture those emails. But to Elizabeth's point, you have to start with the goal in mind. If you don't know what your goal is, then you don't really know what the right path is for you. This is so interesting because I had this preconceived notion that all of this would be hard, but it sounds like there's so many things in place. There's so much structure around publishing a book that it doesn't have to be hard, which kind of leads me into my next question. I'm very curious on what a launch of a book looks like. What does it all entail? I'll kind of run you through what we've done with Marsha because it's really our our big done for you client that we kicked off with for way. And so what we did is we actually started a year out 
And I know that sounds scary, but she didn't have a brand. She didn't have a author website. She didn't have a, a, a like a waitlist funnel. So we started by creating a her author platform. We did her whole CRM so that we would be able to capture her emails, set up her welcome sequence, all the things. And we built this beautiful author website and we built a beautiful waitlist funnel. And so essentially this would give her the opportunity to talk about the book well before we were actually going to start pre-launching it and start sending people to her opt-in to join the quote unquote insiders club, which was the wait list to be able to be in the know of what was going to be going on with the book launch and hear about all of what was going on. So that was the first part of this. And from that point on a month out, we needed really solid photography for her. And she just, she has a lot of photography done all the time. She has 15 grandkids. She has like photographers that follow her around all the time. So we didn't have a problem with her. So we were able to create these beautiful websites, beautiful opt-ins. And then at that point, we created her strategy. We sat with her. We figured out what does she actually want to do? Does she want to do TV? Does she want to do radio? Does she want to go on podcasting tours? What is the visibility that she wants to get from this book? And how many book sales is she hoping to actually get? Now we can't guarantee book sales. That's like a big, like, there's, a, there's no way to actually guarantee how your book is going to sell, but we try to create the strategy based on how many sales you're hoping to achieve and what your outcome ultimately, what outcome you're after. And so we created all of that upfront. And then the other thing we did is we created a mini book proposal. Now, this is the thing. I don't know if your listeners are aware of what a book proposal is or if what you know what a book proposal is. Larry. I do not know. <laughs> Please oh. explain it to like a third grader. So I'll tell you all about book proposals. So book proposals are not something that self-published authors typically do. Typically, you create a book proposal when you want to go the traditional publishing route. If you really want to get a deal with Random House, right, the, the big name publishers, you're going to have to find an agent. And in order to find an agent that's going to then pitch you to these publishers, you need to have a business plan. It's like a business plan for your book. And there's a very specific structure that goes into a, biz, a, a book proposal. Once you outline the book proposal and you do all the market research, you start pitching agents and asking agents, hey, are you interested in my book idea? Look at this fancy book idea I have. Like, almost like you trying to find funding for your business when you create a business plan. Similar idea, you get an agent to buy into what it is that you're writing, and then they start pitching you to publishers for traditional publishing. Now, this is something that a lot of self-publishers don't do or self-published authors don't do. But there's a lot of value in the book proposal because the book proposal is essentially your market research. It helps you understand how you stand out in the competitive landscape, where your book is going to stand or like actually be placed on the shelf. What's the genre? You need to understand who your readers are, your audience. There's a lot of really valuable information that goes into the book proposal, a lot of research. And so that's one of the things that we actually do when we're working on the strategy, because if you don't know your audience and you don't know the market, you really don't know the most effective ways to sell the book. So that's what we do with our mini book proposal and our standout messaging master plan, which is, and Elizabeth is a, is phenomenal with messaging. So she can also help with this, but really what we do is we start creating hooks, headlines, different ideas for how you can capture people's attention around what it is that you're writing. So you need to have your messaging and unlock the messaging is also going to dictate the sales pages, the opt-in pages, the author page. Like, how are you going to actually get people, entice people to opt in to this waitlist? 
And then you need to do the emails. So like the copywriting is a really big piece of this. So that's everything we did with Marsha before she even hired her publisher and before she started launching the book. So that's like phase one. If you don't have those things in place, that's where everybody needs to start. Start by understanding the market, doing the market research, understanding the messaging around your book and creating an actual bespoke strategy, which a lot of these strategies are very similar. There's a lot that we're going to have it as an overlap and I can go deeper into the actual launch strategy if you want me to after this. There's just some of those basic things you really have to have in place to be able to then confidently go out to market and sell your book and talk to a publisher and tell them, hey, I want you to publish my book and I have this marketing plan in place. Like it makes you look so much more professional when you have all that outlined. It sounds like what everyone should be doing in their business anyway, Mm -hmm. but people don't, they like skip that step in order to launch a book. It's almost like it's going to make your business better just from the process, just from getting all of that out of you and thinking methodically about it. For all of my workplace members who are listening right now, they're in the method, they're creating quarterly visuals. Let's say that they want to launch a book and they have their quarterly shoot coming up. What type of visuals should they be creating for a successful launch? Where are they in the process? They Do they already have the book written? Is it published or getting ready what? to be published? Yeah, let's do two. Let's do both. Let's do one. I'm going to assume that a lot of people listening don't have the book yet. They haven't written it yet, but they're in the process. They're creating visuals. Let's just say that they're doing the first steps of writing the book. How can they grow this audience or start to entice people with their visual marketing? So I would do two photo shoots and I'm going to have Elizabeth go into detail on these, but I would start with the first photo shoot, which is when you're writing the book and then another photo shoot for once the book is close to published and you have a cover. So you can go kind of into the details, but I think at minimum, they need at least those two, right? The process of writing, having the lifestyle photos so that they can use it for the opt-in and for what's coming. And then once the cover for the book is created, then they have to do a whole shoot with the cover. Yeah. Let's say for this example, you're launching in December. I think even, so we're gonna talk about the whole year. I think in January of that year, so a whole year out, you're doing your first shoot for the year. Think of it as just being maybe like 10 or 15% of your shots, but get creative. Do shots of you with a journal, like you're writing or at your computer typing, or depending on what suits your brand, you could have you in a bookstore or you with a typewriter or whatever. And the thinking about I could create social content with something exciting's in the works. Can't wait to see my book on these shelves. Think of it as not being overly literal. It doesn't have to be you literally typing, but it's like, how are you conveying the sort of essence or zeitgeist of I'm becoming an author, right? So those are some teaser ideas. And then as you get closer to the actual launch and you have things like cover art, then obviously you want to do pictures with the book. But even before your book is finalized, sometimes you can print out. It depends, again, on how you're publishing. But sometimes before you actually have books from the printer, you can print out your cover art at Office Depot kind of a printer and trim it out and wrap it around a book that you already have. So you just take a regular book off your bookshelf, take that cover art off, if it's like a desk jacket and then wrap the printed one around so that you can have like a mock book earlier 
for images when they're not like actually ready from the printer. But as soon as you do have access to a book, obviously you're going to want to take images of you with the book. You're reading it on the table, still shots of the book, the book by like a cute coffee mug that's in your brand colors. Also think about other people holding your book. If you have someone on your team, have a picture of all of you guys together and you're each holding a copy of the book, get creative with how you can bring other people in. And then even thinking less literally for those mid-year shoots where maybe you're wanting to really gear up the launch, but you don't have the physical book yet. So we're thinking like summer shoots, what could you be doing? Think about the vibe of the book. So an example would be like, if you were writing something based on, we'll say like working four days a week instead of hustling, right? Maybe you do a photo shoot that has a lot of leisure vibe because with your kids by a pool or something is the essence of what the book would deliver. Even though that doesn't literally have the book, I hope that example is making sense. Have a shoot that conveys that essence because those are the images you need for your funnels or your author homepage. If your book is about essentially the four hour work week vibe, then you buy a pool at a resort might be the perfect picture. And you don't have to wait for literally a photo of you with the book. So it's thinking creatively and thinking about what is the transformation I'm trying to give my reader? How can I show myself already having had that transformation in a fun and engaging way? It's a hundred percent about showing the essence that is visual marketing. It's showing the essence of the result at which the thing that you're marketing. And so I love that we did actually have someone come through the process. There's actually two people I'm thinking of, and she was in the middle. So she came in, she's about to launch the book. Like the book had already been launched. And so she had the theme down and it was all about living in color. Mm -hmm. And so one of her shoots, she was like, throwing paint on herself and splattering paint everywhere. So it's more about the essence of the color rather yes. than even just literally painting. You know what I mean? Cause it, yes. it has nothing to do with paint. It was just about the color. And so it's like, right. how can we bring this shocking, very stop the scroll visuals to help the book stand out or help the essence of the book stand out? You had mentioned how you guys help with visibility, I'm interested to know, is that very similar to PR for the book or is that two separate things? Because I do know when you are going into a more visibility season in your business, you're going to need media kits, headshots, certain things that are more professional that the media wants to see when you're pitching stories. We actually do create media kits for authors We do some PR and marketing. We do TV and radio. So we actually have someone that we've partnered with. That's White Glove who does all of the TV and radio. So our biggest package, the one that Marsha chose to do, gets you eight radio shows and five TV shows and then uh, a minimum of 15 podcast episodes. So that's our huge package that then includes all the other pieces of the launch that you have to do regardless of whether you want to do it. Like you really should have advanced readers. If you're launching without an- advanced readers and people to give you feedback and be like ready to leave you reviews, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> reviews are a big way to get more sales, especially on Amazon and some of these other places that are looking at the algorithm. So advanced readers is really huge, having a launch team. So having people that essentially are going to read the book for you and then give you those reviews, but also help promote the book on social media and to their audience. Like 
these are all given. These are all things that everybody should be doing in addition to just talking about the book, sharing it, posting about it, right? The, and this is why it's so important to have so many visuals because if you're launching the book over a six month period, right? We, you do, typically you do like a three month pre-sale if you can help it. You wanna be pre-selling for at least three months. If you can start kind of teasing the book earlier, I would say start teasing the book maybe six months out, maybe even while you're still in the writing process. But think about how many images, if you're doing two posts a week over three months, just for pre-orders, how many images do you need to have? I haven't even done the math. Three times four is 12. 12 times two is 24. So you need, did I do that right? I have no clue math. I don't know. I'm really bad at math. My kids are better at math than me, FYI. (laughs) But I think I might've done it. So maybe 36. So let's just say you need 25 to 40 images just for the pre-order phase of the book. And that's going to be, people are going to be a lot more drawn to having photos of you, lifestyle photos of you, or photos of stacks of your book. I actually have seen really cute pictures of authors with like books stacked all around them, their book, like it's super fun. Or even like bringing in teammates and other people that you're like hanging out with and like passing the book, or you could do a signing. Like there's so many fun things that you can do with this and really just enjoy it and live it up because you don't launch a book every day, right? So really have fun with it while you can, but you're going to need a solid bank of at least a hundred photos to be able to get you through a six month teaser and pre-launch. And then post-launch, because I think one thing a lot of people are forgetting is that you don't just launch the book once and forget about it. You want to keep relaunching your book. And one of the things we can help with that we do help with is quarterly launches. So it's just like a program. If you're, if you have a program and you want to sell your program, you're going to want to launch your program initially, and then you're going to want to do relaunches and continue to relaunch your program. You don't just launch it once and never launch it again. You want to continue to leverage what you've already done and continue to leverage all that that content you've created and continue to sell it. So relaunching it, you're going to need photos. So it's just so important to really have multi, I would say at least two photo shoots dedicated to your launch. Well, it's interesting because when you're launching quarterly, and I think that's an amazing idea, everyone should be launching or like making pushes, I like to say quarterly for evergreen things that they have. I would consider a book to be almost like an evergreen product. You're constantly selling it, but you have to think of new perspectives, new ways to create hype around it. And I feel like a really awesome synergy here is the fact that if you're pushing, you know, your book sales quarterly, you could have different visuals for each of those pushes. So it feels like a new thing, even though you're not launching a new product, it feels like a new perspective of the product, which might capture different people that it resonates to rather than maybe the initial launch didn't a hundred percent capture them. We haven't talked about yeah, I was going to say seasonal. If it's a parenting book, you could be like the perfect mother's day gift or so there's a lot of different things you could do around seasonal holidays that make sense for lots of different types of books. So funny that you thought that because we were both thinking about the whole seasonal thing. And it's so true. For Marsha, we're going to be launching, doing a Mother's Day push. Now her book is all about her mom. So it makes a lot of sense. But even though there's a lot of books out there that could be a great Mother's Day present. So having a shoot where it's more themed around Mother's Day or a shoot for Christmas or Hanukkah or the holidays, there's just so many. And even like 
the summer, the summer vibes, you know, like do a launch in the summer. Right. There's just so many so pool bag. It's like sticking out or like a vacation or something. That's why I just feel that it's, if you're already doing quarterly visuals, then this type of strategy for your revenue, for your business is just so in line with what you're already doing. And then vice versa, if you're launching a book, then the visual marketing strategy is so aligned with what you're already doing to create revenue. I know that we talked a lot about why it's important, but I just want to ask you explicitly, why do you think it is important to do this four times a year when you're implementing a book launch strategy? I think it's a lot about freshness because a fresh feed keeps people engaged. Think about the people that you follow. You want something new from them. You want something different. You want something that feels appropriate for the season. We're recording this in the start of a new year, basic time frame. I don't want to see a Christmas image on your feed. I'm done with that emotionally. I've got 11 months till I need to be thinking about Christmas. Well, maybe nine, but whatever. I've got a while till Christmas. So, right. <laughs> I want to feel fresh for spring. I want to look ahead and your followers feel that way too. They want current. Also you change. If you have a book about parenting and in every photo, your kid is a newborn, but they see your kid as a five-year-old running around on your feed, that's going to feel like a disconnect. I feel like that with everything, but I do feel as if like physical product-based things like books, they absolutely need that seasonal marketing. What is one piece of advice that you would give workplay members going through the method who are launching a book? I really think it's important that you enjoy the process and you have fun with it. Honestly, photography, if you're already in the membership, clearly you are okay with photography or maybe there's a block and that's something that you guys help them work through, but really have fun with the process and think about like Elizabeth, just like you mentioned freshness. That's actually what I was going to say about why you would want to do shoots every quarter is you do want to keep things fresh. And I know I probably need to work with you guys, Lyric. Elizabeth and I <laughs> talking about it because I have all this stuff I want to post. And I'm like, dang, what photo am I supposed to use? Because the, the photos that I've taken from the past, I've already used all of them. And there's nothing worse than saying, well, let me pull a photo from two years ago. Like that's just not relevant anymore. So even even who I am today might be different than the person that I was four months ago or three months ago. So how do you show up every time you take a photo shoot where you're new and re-energized and you're that new person that you're continually evolving into? Because I believe strongly that if we're not growing, we're dying. So we should always be growing. We should always be evolving. And so the person that I am today isn't the same person that took photos four months ago, six months ago, eight months ago. And so I think it's important that Anybody who's launching a book, really enjoy the process, have fun with it. Remember that you're not launching a book every day. I know it's a challenging experience. I, I'm going through this with Marsha. She's like, this is so much. All the TV, the radio specifically. But I always remind her, like, you don't launch a book every day. Like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to do the really big boom launch. And then you slowly but surely continue to do those relaunches, which are a lot, lot less stressful than that really big first launch that you're doing. And I think my recommendation would be to to not be too literal. Picture an author in your head. If you picture like a dude in Barnes and Noble in a bad suit jacket, 
Like that doesn't have to be your launch. I think books can have this essence of they're complicated or they're stuffy or they're really like serious or whatever, but that doesn't have to be. If your brand is colorful and feminine or it's like super sleek and neutral and luxe, like your book marketing can and should be that too. So don't get caught up into this. Like it has to be a stuffy book on a brown bookcase that's like a very specific kind of stock photo vibe. Make the book a part of you because the people who connect with you are going to want your book to feel like you and not to feel like some stuffy author preconceived notion. Just don't feel like it has to be so literal. Really think creatively, think about the transformation, think about the mood or the feeling that you want the reader to have and try to capture that in your photo. And when you do, I think you'll be a lot more successful. That's such a superpower for the people who can capture the essence of things without being literal. Once you build that muscle, I think you can really build it in both of these processes, in both of these strategies, you can build that muscle. But when you have it, That is a really big skill that I think is very underrated. Thank Mm -hmm. you guys so much for coming on the Workplay Podcast. I mean, this was such a treat. I have learned so much about book launching, publishing. It's so good. Where can everyone find you guys? We actually have a Facebook group called Ink to Impact. So you can join us there, facebook.com forward slash groups. Um, ink to impact. And then we also have our website, waymedia.marketing. And then I have a free gift for everyone here. If they haven't started writing a book and they really want to consider becoming a writer or even calling themselves a writer, they can go to framework for a book forward slash join, and they'll get our free, um, you're a writer, start writing program, which just really helps you get clarity around writing and identify as a writer and figure out your writing schedule. Thank you guys so much. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. This episode of the Workplay Podcast is brought to you by Workplay Branding, a visual marketing company invested in changing the way you create content online. In 2019, they revamped the Workplay method and have been using this exact process to launch businesses' visual marketing strategies all over North America and in Europe. Head over to WorkplayBranding.com to learn exactly how you can launch your visual marketing strategy and cohesive brand for less than $500 a month.